right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Welcome to Two Guys Garage Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B, a man fired up. Kevin, you got to be stoked. This is one of your boys coming on today, man. Oh, man. Yeah, Brian Fuller. Everybody knows Brian Fuller, man. Yes, indeed. We've been pals, God, I don't know how long, maybe 15 years. Yeah, man. What a fun fun dude and i mean from the car building motorcycle building world i mean top of the game fabrication skills design like the guy can put it all together and have a rocking good time man all together right <laughs> yeah now, we, we met you know i mean yeah yeah like i said maybe 15 years ago or so on uh on the set of overhaul we did the pilot you know the producer just kind of threw us together and uh, i got no inside scoop and he says man we got a couple of guys, and one of them, you're going to walk away. You guys are going to be best friends. I'm just going to tell you right now. And I'm like, whatever, man. And, uh, you know, you put us a week elbow to elbow, you know, putting all the, you know, the late nights in and the stress and uh, busted knuckles. And sure as hell, we came out of that thing just, uh, you know, rocking pals and, uh, yeah, long history there. Good times. Yeah, man, I'm sure. See, it's, it's funny because, you know, as far as TV goes, um, I could do a show or a podcast on um, my former partner uh, in TV, and that would be a saucy one for sure because I got some things to say, but um, he probably would enjoy <laughs> it. You, however, have a very, well, civil relationship and, and great times and memories to fall back on uh, with her boy Brian because he was such a, an intricate part of two guys for a long time. Remember when I first came down, you know, it, it was you and him, and I'm watching these guys like, wow, man, check these guys out. Obviously, you guys work well together. You could tell that energy and that friendship is there. Yeah, I mean, fast forward from, you know, the overhauling way back when, it's, you know, Brian Fuller and myself, and today is Three Guys Garage, man. What what a cool thing, bringing <laughs> back, right? It's Three Guys Garage in the house. Tres amigos, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, you know, you know, I was talking about, you know, his skill set and what he's doing, what he's building. He's got this killer shop in Atlanta. He's been down there for probably, I don't know, 12, 13 years or so. Uh, but this is a Chip Foose protege, man. I don't know if that's the right terminology, but, you know, when I met him, he was working, you know, in Chip's shop. And so talk about, you know, a place to to work yourself up to, right, to get in the doors in a shop like that, an exclusive place, learn from the best of the best, and then, you know, at some point go, you know, I think I can just take this on my own and to walk out and start your own gig and 
damn if he hasn't taken that thing to another level. Yeah, you know? man. Well, especially when you get to incorporate your own personality. And the the cool thing you notice about Brian is the second you see some of his projects and, and learn and understand his personality is it's very vivid. It's very charismatic. It's different. It's unique. So having him venture out and do something on his own only allowed him to grow and probably but into a I would I would ask him but a a, a better fabricator and and just visionary on what projects need to look like and what the finish game is um because you know when you incorporate your own flavor into it then it takes a life of its own on and I'm sure Brian has been able to do that and and really just show it off to the to the masses and everybody that sees the stuff man is always appreciative yeah I know you nailed it because style right uh you know everybody's pretty familiar with chip stuff and you know there's what you see on you know the overhauling shows or whatever and then you see what he brings to you know autorama and sema and la roadster show you know those types of builds and brian has his own style and i can totally get you know like even though you're at maybe the what you think is the top you know team to be on uh you know when you've got that kind of vision that kind of imagination and creativity you got to be able to break out and create your own thing. And, and his style, I, I love it because it's very fabricator-like. Chips is very polished and smooth and perfect and artistic. And Brian's is just way more, uh, you know, raw might be the wrong word, but I, I, I like it. I like the metal. I like the shaping. I like to see it, you know, like the welds and the things in there, right? Because he's a, he's a Fonzie fabricator, bro. He's a Fonzie fabricator, Fonzie man. Fabricator. It's like you, yeah. You took the dude out from that era and snapped him into like 2020, man. He's a pow. Fonzie lives again in fabrication, but bam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to hang on to that one, man. What's up, Fonzie? <laughs> Yo, what's up, Fonzie? Hey, do me a favor. Hit this jukebox. Do me a favor. Hit this LS engine. Boom. 700 horses. <laughs> uh, well, it's cool. We'll we'll talk to him in just a second, but uh, you know. When he left Chips, you know, we were good, getting to be good pals. And so it was just him in a little, you know, shop cart with a die grinder, you know, a cutoff wheel, a couple hand tools and going, oh, man, I'm on my own now. Right. Starting a shop with, you know, a handful of basics and, uh, you know, to watch that shop grow. You know, it's kind of like a series of bays in the building. And, you know, he had the one bay and then it was the two bays yeah. and then the three bays. And he just kept, you know, whenever a bay would open up, he'd take that one because he kept growing and growing. And the tools just got bigger and better and more awesome. And just when you thought it couldn't get any bigger and better, uh, he just bought a big old new shop that I haven't got to check out yet. I'm so stoked. So we're going to get some scoop on what the new build is, the new tools, the new rides that are going in there. So... Uh, this is going to be a fun one, man. Yeah, man. Quick break. We're back with the Fuller Mojo on the Two Guys Ride podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. Hey, it's the Two Guys Ride podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we are joined by the one and only Brian Fuller, a.k.a. Fabricating Fonzie, on the podcast with us today. <laughs> What's up, my man? <laughs> Oh, man. Glad to have you on, bro. Willie B, the Birdman and Fabricator Fonzie. <laughs> how, how are you, man? How's things, bro? Oh, you know, just living life. You guys caught me after a long day. My fingers hurt. I'm going to pop a nice cold there sweet you go. water. <laughs> mm -hmm. Did you bring fun for the rest of us? Of course. <laughs> My man. A little hard to pour across the, uh, across the interwebs. But. <laughs> yeah, we're working on that one. We're working on that one. So, hey, hey, man, question for you. As people may not know, what got you, 
what got you into the love of bikes? Because, you know, bikes have, have led you down a, a very unique path as well as cars. Um, a lot of people probably recall, remember, and, and know your fascination for some motor school bikes. So explain a little bit about that, how that sort of became a, a part of, you know, Brian Fuller. Uh, you know, my dad was a big hunter and fisherman, and we spent, God, it just seemed like every weekend, you know, out in the woods, and, you know, I like to hunt, but it really wasn't my thing. What I really loved was we had three-wheelers, we had dirt bikes, and so we're out on the trails, we're out in the mud. I mean, we would get so nasty in East Texas, just thick, 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 disgusting mud, you know, come back, you know, my mom, like, what in the world have you been doing? You're disgusting. So that's where I got my love for motorcycles, really, was dirt bikes as a kid, you know. Yeah, it's never ended. I mean, ever since I've known you, you were into, I mean, you were making essentially custom chopper bicycles, if, you know, the right terminology, sure. right? And uh, obviously into the, you know, the bigger motorcycles. And so you're into anything with two wheels, off-roading, customizing. Um, God, man, it's been a couple of years now, but uh, I flew down to your shop and we did this killer ride down to the Barber Museum. And, you know, it's this huge selection of all oh, the amazing bikes. Uh, what was I riding that one time? It was an old, like, 19-teens or 20s or something. I think you were, weren't you on the CB? I thought you were on the, oh, the 1940 Nimbus. Yeah, the Nimbus. Yeah, man, you got the valve train rattling right there, exposed. What are some of the bikes you have? What are some yeah, of your, your your bikes that you, you know, can pull out and let, you know, crazy people like Kevin roll? Oh, man, that was fun. We called that the Moto Zero, which was hilarious. We had my 250 dirt bike uh italian ducati like six scrambler bird was on the nimbus with exposed valve train you know and then um wasn't it uh ryan from vintage air the engineer and vintage air that went with us that year too yeah yeah man that was a good time he rode the cb 175 which was probably the fastest bike out of the group <laughs> now when you when you talk about bikes with brian i mean the nimbus was stock because that's kind of a you know pretty rare classic but pretty much anything else it's been chopped and you know handmade tanks and fenders and maybe it's cafeed out or you know it's it's his own thing so when he says uh you know an old ducati it's all handmade. It's all hand formed. But, you know, yeah, at one point it was a Ducati, you know, but everything has such cool, you know, flair customization to its style. Um, and it's just so much fun. And you just you're cruising around on one of a kinds, you know, it's not just uh, what you picked up at the old Kawasaki store, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a hobby. I mean, it should be fun. All right. I mean, why yeah. do it? It's going to be painful and, you know, not. A good time like go find something else to well he's like he's like the rest of us you know it's like you can't own something without looking at it for five minutes and going man what if i cut that up and what if i change that you know like, <laughs> it's just never right the way you see it because you know what's in your head's got to come out you know brian do you have a do you have a favorite platform you like to start out with is it old school kawasaki's or you know triumphs or something even more crazy than that Any, anything really that you're looking for that you like to go oh, i really like to build blank but i always start with with this i think you know honestly i just love the process you know and it's one of the things you guys know going through tv and film uh whether it's a it could be a motorcycle it could be a hot rod. It could be a landscaping project with a bobcat and a, you know, it's skid steer that you're tearing up the yard with. You know, for me, what I just, I love that transformation of 
you know, thinking of something that you could do to make whatever it is more beautiful, more functional, work better, you know, make people more happy. And, you know, then to come up with the steps in your mind, think about it while you're sleeping. And all of us hot rod guys know what it's about. You know what I mean? You're thinking about putting that big motor in there and should I put the nitrous or should I just do the stock, you know, carb or should I do injection? And that, that's what, that's what makes us tick. You know, that's what like, makes hot rodders and motorcycle guys tick is that we really we're thinkers and we love to think about that stuff. And for me, it's just that process of creation from thinking of it, building it and seeing the final product, riding, driving it. Well, what's your, what's your favorite project so far? Bike, motor, you know, bike or, or car? Like what's, what's the, you know, what have you built that you said, man, that is my top dog. And I know, I know you, cause you always like get through something and it's so badass. And I'm like, man, that is it. And then you're like, boop, okay, next, you know, what's over here, you know? Just did. And I really, uh, really proud of called the 2029. And it's a motorcycle that had, it was the first one that really had extensive use of 3d printing of metal. And so we printed the swing arm was welded together in like five places. We printed the handlebars. And they all have this really sick organic kind of bone look to them. And the technology is just so insane to work with. You know, it's like million dollar machines, half million dollar machines, bird, you know about these machines. And, and, but most of OEMs and most people using them are using them for some uh, purpose where instead of a CNC, you can, uh, you can print like a titanium inside of a turbo, for example, and you're getting efficiencies and scale and blah, blah, blah. We're doing it for style. And we're doing it for, holy shit, look at that thing, you know? Yeah, you got to check out this bike, man. Google it. So what's the name of the bike again? The 2029? or 2029. Maybe you guys put a link. There's a great video we did of all the process. And it actually goes from our old shop. The video's in two parts. And it goes from the old shop. And then halfway through the video, we move to the new shop. And then you kind of get to see the transformation from the old shop to the new and the, the beginning of the bike to the finish. It's pretty cool. Yeah, you don't see a lot of, uh, you talked about the OEs have all these high-tech metal printing, right? 3D printing type machines and capability. And uh, it it's just starting to get into the hot world world and, and customization, right? Us, let's say regular day people are just finding ways to access it. And uh, we've done a couple of podcasts, one you know with Ford and how they're doing it on the OE and, and one with a little home-built guy uh, doing it in plastics. Uh, but you just dove head first i mean we, we talked about a lot of this stuff uh you know off off the uh off the mic and you know kind of going through the build with you like i thought that was so awesome like there's no fear this is totally new uh and you could see what could be done with it that's not really being done and what you did to you know 3d metal print and how you used it as far as design and shape uh, to build that bike is pretty awesome. And, and you've actually made some investment in your own shop to do some 3D printing, right? Yeah, we just did a new, uh, we did a phone runner recently. We got a big uh, 3D printer, which was a pile of money and it's fought us. We've had a lot of issues over the year. We finally hired a full-time CAD guy, Adam Tulin, who's been great. And he actually, you know, can read code. I mean, I know that 
I kind of know what that means, but I've never read code. Whoever needed an IT guy in a hot rod shop before, right? <laughs> right. It's like, you know, I'm feeling molecules of electrons when I'm bending sheet metal and moving it around. He's like looking at this computer screen and, you know, it's like the Matrix. And he sees this G code. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. It looks like a bunch of zeros and ones to me. I don't read out of that. <laughs> so what are you doing with your 3d printer like what is your goal here's the crazy thing so scanner uh price has come down we got a 3d sh uh shining 3d scanner the retail on that thing is about six grand and that's insane i mean it was 80 not long ago it was 30 today in most places this thing's like six grand so here's a great point of per point of proof or whatever so we scanned my uh 67 lincoln two-door hardtop by the way yeah scan the kick panel with the new six inch uh kicker speakers in there and instead of making out of aluminum with a grill you know all the stuff that we would normally do to make a kick panel we scanned it and then printed it out of uh pla it's like a day and a half for each kick panel so we had probably four or five hours of design time i'd say five five six hours of design time the printer doesn't cost that much to run and all of a sudden, bang, kick panels. Yeah, and they're interior parts, so you don't need them to be, right, steel and whatnot. Uh, you know, you wrap them in some kind of nice material and, and some padding or whatever, and all of a sudden, you said, bam, you can do a full, you know, kick-ass designed up, you know, with, you know, 3D, 3D printing and plastics. Now, it's going to take a few years before the metals come around where you could do suspension components and engine oh, components, valve covers or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that'll be awesome. But yeah. yeah, man, what you can start to do now with, with the plastics in key areas, you know, especially when you're going to be, you know, stitching over them with materials and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. So is this, this part of your build process now? Is this, uh, you know, we're going to see it a lot more on some of your uh, higher end vehicles? Yeah. Cato, uh, who... Phil Cato, who came in from uh, Austin, he used to be with Joe Martin, you know, Iron Resurrection fame. Uh, he moved in the shop about a year and a half ago. And, uh, you know, like me, he's he's definitely an old school kind of builder guy. You know what I mean? We both love old vintage hot rods and whatnot. But he's a little slower to adopt new technology than I am. And I tell you, when he saw that kick panel come out and we just did little pods for tweeters and the A-pillars, you know, now I'm doing interior parts and he's like, I mean, I, I that was that would have been fifteen hours each for the kick panels. You know what I mean? He's like, dude, this is insane. And like the next day, he literally was having foam laser cut by Adam, and he's having <laughs> uh, laser cut. They're scanning the door panels and starting to do those digitally. So he's really starting to adopt, which is the whole reason mainly that we we wanted to get into this technology was for the interiors. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a no brainer for that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, and knowing that you got into it, you know, early in what you're capable of doing now, where do you see it, you know, a year from now, five years from now, and even further out? Well, for us, you know, there's a lot on the horizon, but for us personally, you know, we're now that we've had interior in-house, we've had, we just got a whole lot of new tooling, we have a water jet. And so, you know, with, with all of the capability that we've started to have, the final kind of bog in, in the, the train so to speak was paint and we had about six cars sitting there we do right now that are ready to go into paint and just it, you know as any of you guys have known it's really hard to find good old school painters who just want to you know do the the hard prep work of sanding and the gapping and the you know 
all of yeah. it. It's so hard. It's just so much work. Painstaking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the part where I tune out. Like, yeah. I, I give credit to everybody who goes to I Once it's past metal, I love shaping it, welding on it, banging on it, all that stuff. But yeah, once it gets to that, to me, it's just mind-blowingly mundane prep, you know? Yeah, I actually love that surfacing uh, kind of process. There's there's something gratifying about it, but, you know, it would drive me mad to do it all the time. I mean, at Chips, we were, you know, we'd be up until 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, sanding the bottom side of a fender or the bottom of the top of a transmission or... You know, an overhaul, and we were crushing ourselves. Twelve people sanding a one car, so much dust and muck, and all night. I mean, man. But uh, you know, that was really my roots, and so it's pretty exciting. We're starting a body shop next door. We rented the space. We got a guy I think is going to move there from Texas. And pretty, pretty exciting stuff on the horizon. Hey, check out is is the bike you're talking about? Is that the one on your Fuller uh, Fuller Moto page? Uh, is that yeah? Kind of sitting on top of a like all aluminum yeah man mask. that thing is insane looking encourage everybody go check it out fullermoto.com you'll see the bike he was just talking about and uh that's straight savage all right quick break of the two guys garage podcast with kevin bird and willie b it's the two guys garage podcast with kevin bird willie b and the one and only brian fuller Fuller Moto. You guys checked out this crazy bike, fullermoto.com. You get a good eye on it. That is a straight savage, man. You know what? I, I, so I'm I, I'm I'm riding a, a VMAX. I got a pretty hopped up Matt Gray VMAX, which I appreciate. I, I kind of like those bikes just because of the speed factor. Um, but man, something like this is is so unique and different, and it, it's just one of those things that looks like a, a cross between a I don't know, almost a steampunk fast rocket ship. You know, it's like, it's definitely, man, badass, man. I bet it's a riot to ride. Yeah, it's electric. It's weird. It's, you know, it's hubless technology, which uh, hub centric, you know, it's like a swing arm that comes out and it's almost like a car spindle where instead of a traditional fork, you know, you're spinning kind of like a, it's on a kingpin that's in the middle of the hub. And, you know, I looked at those things for years and years and years, way back to uh, the original bike that that was modeled after was a Majestic, which was a 20s French real future. If you look it up, you can see it's got a very similar kind of profile to that bike. And it was uh, it was a, a hub centric bike. And I, I, I stared at those things, it seems like for 20 years. I'm like, I just I mean, I think I understand how it works, but right <laughs> i hope well, i get to work on one one day so i can just figure out how it really works well now that you've done it did you figured it out yeah we get it okay. yeah i get it All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's not it's yeah, not uh, i would call it a, a practical looking bike right it just it's a work of art it's practical for the fabricating fonzie bro it's <laughs> yes. as practical as it gets for him <laughs> yeah i mean dude the hubs just kill me like when you look at the shapes and the design and how it's made and and polished up and and how it all comes together and just the swing arms on it and everything else how it just how the thing whole connects with you know then you've got your raw uh i assume it's all just aluminum sheet metal it's all kind of brushed and it's the combination of those that all come together different sort of textures and shapes and whatnot it, it's it's just a cool piece, man. Is that in a museum right now or going to a museum? That's in the Haas Moto Museum. He has three of our pieces, including that uh, engraved Honda Shogun. That was a, a one of, probably right at my best bike that we ever built. And uh, 
if you're in downtown Dallas, I would definitely urge you to go by there and check it out. It's insane. The, the collection that he's got from around the world and he's done it quickly. I mean, he, he just started snatching up. He got the bug and set up a 20,000 square foot museum. You could, it's open to the public. So you can go in. It's, it's amazing. So how many bikes do you have in museums now? You've got several over at uh, the Barber, right? Yeah, we've got a couple at the Barber. So, I mean, five or six, I don't know. He's like, five or six, whatever, 12, 13. I don't even count anymore. And he's still a young man. (laughs) He's still a young man. He's got a long way to go. Yeah. (laughs) Now, on the flip side of that, now, tell me how you feel. One of my favorite builds uh, is the, the double, was it double deuce? Double down? Double down. Double down. Yeah. Yeah. What, 32... Uh, all-wheel drive, nasty, cozy, 800-something horsepower, if I remember. Uh, dude, give us some skinny on that thing. I haven't seen it for a couple of years, but uh, mind-blowingly bad ass. That car was just so nasty, and never have I had a car that was so much... It was like car crack. I mean, literally the moment you got in that thing, 1,000 horse pinging off of nearly open pipes, you know, rich from Magnaflow. You know, if you see the Thunder Down Under, listen to the Thunder Down Under podcast, you'll meet Rich. He made us these little baby race mufflers, but they barely do anything. And that thing's just like, bing, 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 off each cylinder. So perfect. Um, and it's running off four NASCAR slicks. So wow. 900,000 horse on NASCAR slicks, all-wheel drive, and it's 2,500 pounds. Yeah. 2,500-pound car. From just a coolness factor, it's through the roof. Like, you've never seen a 32 like this because you've seen 32s in all kinds of forms, right? Motors, you know, sticking up through the hoods and whatever else. But this just has a presence of, like, a fist ready to punch through a wall, you know, with its four NASCAR tires and all-wheel drive, and the headers just blowing right out the side of the you know, the, the engine cover, uh, but just its style, man, like, you know, whether it's riveted, the interior bits, how you put it together, um, you know, style-wise, stance-wise, power-wise, and fun factor. All-wheel drive-wise. Dude, <laughs> yeah. oh my God, that, that's one of the coolest builds, I think, ever. How crazy was that to drive? That car, oh, it's, actually, you can drive it on Forza. It's a Forza car now. Oh, wow. I've had wow. my... My son has customized it. He's 10. He's customized it with like a chrome body, black wheels. And yeah, it sold at Bear Jackson. And Bear Jackson had a little like Bear Jackson pack. And it made it. And you talk about a hard car to turn into a digital scan because like in the back, you've got the uh, fuel pump is hanging out the back. There's no true trunk. There's rivets everywhere. All the interior is basically like aluminum with kind of a NASCAR inspired roll cage that you can see through the sides, you know, and I mean, they, they nailed it. It was literally like every detail. And you're like, dude, I am driving that car in, you know, Modena, Italy or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like crazy. You have to get online and check it out. If, if there's nothing else you do today, get online and check out the double down. I mean, literally you can hold me to it. It's one of the nastiest, badass, coolest rides uh, ever that you'll see. Uh, and especially in person when you get to really kind of walk through, like I said, Brian's all about fabrication and, and I don't know, I think like textures, like you see some of the welds he leaves on, right? Just, you know, like I said, rivets, just things, right? It's not just, you know, a shape and it's all smooth and it's perfect and la la la, you know, it, it just has grit and, 
and flavor to it, you know? Yeah, I'll say. I mean, look at those wheels on the front of it. I just pulled it up online. It's uh, That thing is insane. It had to be one of the coolest, most like, wow, I can't believe it turned out that good when you're sitting there watching it. It was all said and done. What did it go for at Barrett-Jackson? People want to know. It was so cheap. Oh, my God. It was like, what was it, 160, 180, 160, 180, something like that? Way Ooh. too cheap. I guarantee you now with the way the market's trending – Right. People are so kind of walking away a little bit from the numbers matching and, you know, all that stuff and getting into these customs. And man, I'd drop that coin if I had it. <laughs> I had the I had the moment, you know, of if I would have known it would have gone that cheap, I would have signed up as a bidder. And I definitely had that moment of, let's see, I could sell the Ducati dirt bike. Right. The 33 <laughs> I haven't finished. My son's college fund. The <laughs> Blah, 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 blah. You know, I mean, I, I had the, what can I sell everything in my life to get that car? Because it just, when you drive it, you're hooked. I mean, like crack, bad. Well, there was a few cars back in that era that went unbelievably low on price that, you know, because you know what's in them, right? You know what kind of time and money and everything that's in them. Uh, but yeah, the the market just wasn't quite, you know, where people's heads were and what they thought would, you know, be of value and whatnot, uh, you know, they just kind of weren't quite there. Now, let me, uh, I'm going to shift some gears here because, uh, you know, this is a little bit of a blast from the past. Not only is it three guys garage today, right? But Brian is back in our studio, uh, you know, from two guys garage. He left a number of years ago. You know, Willie's been my partner for what, like eight years now. It's crazy. Uh, but he couldn't escape. He, he got pulled back in somehow and now he's on car fix which is part of our, you know, Brenton uh, Productions team. So he's in our studio. Now we film at different dates, so we can't all, you know, hang out there together typically. Uh, we got to do it elsewhere, you know, in the shop at SEMA and, you know, at the local pub establishment. But uh, what's it like being back in the saddle, man? <laughs> well, I'm loving Carfix. We had four episodes recently that we filmed and, um, Jeremy Bumpus is my co-host. He's a hot rod builder out of Mississippi that uh, got to know just through the show. And he's a really good guy, talented fella. And um, he's been a pleasure to work with. You know, the, the Brenton family is fun. And it's nice to be back on, you know, kind of the Motorhead channel. Um, I have another show that I do on NBC Sports, Caffeine and Octane. And the nice thing about that one, you hit kind of a different, like maybe non-car guy audience. Whereas it's so nice to be back on motor trend because these are car guys that are actually watching, you know, these are motorheads that are watching and it's, it's a different feel. It's a different vibe. You can tell that my peers are actually seeing me on TV again and we've got a bit of freedom. You know, we, we actually brought in uh, the old 33 public enemy that we yeah. uh, chop way back in the day on two guys. Remember that? That's another one of my favorite rides of yours, man. So, all right. 33, what do you call that? Is that a five window? A uh, Tudor? It was a two-door sedan. Yeah, a Tudor. Um, and me and you chopped it on two guys. And literally, I can honestly say that there's still a couple of things, but the top is finished. And that was like 10 <laughs> That was quite an accomplishment because, you know, we got a 30-minute show. So how do you really walk through chopping a top, like a real legit chop the top with all the ins and outs? Uh, and to get it, you know, by the end of the, the episode and the time frame we have to work within the studio to get it, you know, at least tacked up and kind of in the process of, yeah, dude, that is it. That's 
you know, we can see the finish line. Now, it's got some work, you know, 10 years later, you know, it's got some work left, but the finish line, I can see it right down over there. Uh, it was, that was a pretty sweet little accomplishment on a, you know, a little 30-minute DIY show, you know? Well, we're getting close, too. We sold the car to uh, uh, Detroit Pistons up in your ne neck of the woods, Langston Galloway. And uh, he's, he's a cool dude. He's got a good story. He came out undrafted and has worked himself into one of the, you know, one of the starting roles there in Detroit. So he's a, he's a gritty, hardworking guy from Louisiana. And he's just pumped as about this car. We're getting close on the metalwork. So we're hoping to do a bare metal shoot soon. Um, you can see the sketch right there on the background. It's, it's a bad mofo and it's so close to getting to paint an interior, man. It's going to be just sick. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to see that one done. And what's cool, right? One of the Detroit Pistons, you said, is going to own the thing. So, you know, with me being here in Detroit, at some point, I'm going to have to cross paths with that dude. Uh, yeah. You know, that vehicle, that dude, maybe he'll like let me like get close to it even, you know, like check it out, maybe go for a spin. You got to put in a good word for me, Brian. I'll do that. Hey, hey do that. there's a guy. There's a guy. Just, you know, he might smell funny, but just, just let him look at the car, dude, you know? Yeah, and he's like, I'm gonna leave it in Baton Rouge, you know. I'm like, Baton Rouge, you live in Detroit, man. You need to you need to run that thing around Detroit. I mean, come on. What's the power plant in that thing? What's the what's the engine again in it? That's got that was one of the first fifty coyote motors. That's how long ago it's been that we started that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you got a blower on it and the one of the coolest parts on that car, uh is the headers. You guys just bang that out. We we showed them on the show, but uh you guys rock that out at your shop and and uh it's one of the you know twisted so each one of the pipes is just kind of lacing over each other wrapped, wrapped around, around yeah. and you know you've seen it you know in, in a number of places over the years but uh, i mean that was what 10 years ago or more um just a cool showcase of you know the, the skills they got skills <laughs> over there at the fuller hot rod shop it's good fun man it's pretty crazy to walk in and you know it feels very gratifying at this stage of my career to walk in the shop and know that we've we've got the talent the tools and the experience and the know-how and the shop to really just whatever we want to think of we can just about get it done and not only get it done we've always been able to get it done but now we're getting it done efficiently you know and with some real tooling and some real kind of efficiency you know where we're doing it at a cost that yeah it's still a ton of money but it's not like not like what it used to be not the hours are better than they used to be well yeah. it's cool to have you guys back you know have you back in the studio uh you know like you said you've been doing caffeine and octane but it's more you know uh entertainment going to car shows checking out cool stuff that's done talking to people and whatever but this is you know all the skills and experience that you've been, you know, collecting over your lifetime. And now, you know, all the viewers can get to kind of pick up piece after piece, you know, week after week on the show of, wow, how did Brian do this? How did Brian do that? You know, what can I learn from him? Uh, so super cool to have you back kind of in the, you know, in the mix with us, you know, <laughs> we got to figure out how to, uh, you know, cross pollinate our, our schedules when we film so we can, uh, you know, get some hang time. Somebody tell me there's a 20 year anniversary coming up. We need to do like a reunion special, get Mamolo and yeah, McBride. 19 seasons of Two Guys Garage, man. That's crazy. So uh, Willie's eight, I'm <laughs> 11. Uh, I wonder how many Sam had in there. Yeah, we could get Sam Mamolo on there. We get Brian on there, dude. We'll have like a century of 
two guys garage <laughs> skill sets in there. <laughs> All right, where do people uh, where do people find you at socially and check out some of your builds, your shop? Um, I know it's uh, this new shop. I can't wait to see it, man. It's definitely sounds fantastic, sounds on point. Where do people see all this? Uh, you know, Fuller Moto is pretty much everything. The website, Instagram, uh, Facebook, whatnot. Instagram's probably my my personal you know baby that I'm actually attached to more than anything else. Yeah, and that's a great one, you guys. Uh, you know, follow him on on uh, Instagram because he's always spitting. You know, he's always got some rad machinery in there, and he's always popping out just killer photos and. Man, what a great way to pass, you know, any time is uh, to skim through there and see what kind of magic those guys are doing. You know, you were talking about Carfix and one of the, and two guys, you know, one of the things I really love about doing those shows is not only, you know, passing on knowledge. The reason I feel like people watch that stuff is to to learn something. The reason I enjoy the show is that I'm getting to learn something. And so we were doing a, a FJ Cruiser on one of the episodes recently. And I had this idea, like, man, I need to cut something apart. Like in every episode, I should just cut something apart. Get a die grinder out. It's very dangerous. It's a dumb thing to do. I try to get as shielded up as I can. So don't do it at home. But, you know, it's for entertainment and educational purposes. So we have to sacrifice somebody, which is me. But um, so we took a, a brake booster, right? And obviously I know the brake booster breaks the, you know, boost the brake. I know how to hook it up, but I've never seen inside one of those things. They're like spot welded together. So I said, hey, you got an extra one of those? And they go digging around in the old parts bin, and sure enough, they dug one out. Sorry, Bert, if that was yours. And so <laughs> right, I welded it back together. Got the die grinder out, pull it apart. Like, oh, cool. There's like a diaphragm in there. There's a spring. There's a, um, you know, all the kind of little bits and pieces that you can see. And you open it up for the for the viewers and see see all the parts. So. That's something I hope to bring to the table is just to make sure that the viewer is always getting education and, and cool projects that they can look look at and learn from. Well, it's like the secret recipe for, for anything in my mind, right? A good DIY type car show is, is you walked away learning something, you know, hopefully something new and uh, you're somewhat entertained and you had some cool eye candy in there. Uh, that's a winning combination, yep. you know? Yep. And we know you're going to be bringing some cool eye candy in there for sure. We had uh, <laughs> one of our other first episodes we did. It was I uh, just got a 67 Lincoln that I was just kind of mentioning. And it's this crazy like green gold monochromatic. It's got a green gold vinyl top. Seafoam green. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Spanish moss green or something like that. Metallic. And uh, the interior, five ashtrays, power seats, power windows, AC. And then on Carfix, we took it in, uh, bagged it with a ride tech system that just just hit a button, you know, thing like lays out. 22-inch Raceline Billa, just sick, sick wheels with white walls, jam coat disc brakes on the back, man. It was so much fun. And then I drove it to Amelia right as Corona was hitting. So it was like the last car show, you know, that I got to do. Well, you sent me some pictures of a pretty kick-ass stereo going in there too, man. Yeah. Full decked yeah. out and some kicker. I saw some amps. I saw some subs. <laughs> that ride's coming together. Sweet. So you, are you going to have it on the show a little bit more? Are we going to be able to follow along or is that just a one-timer, two-timer? I'm going to try to get the I'm going to deck out the, the, deck, the rear and the trunk like the interior. So I've sketched up and designed some, some in, 
kind of pleated green that matches. I've got matching carpet and whatnot. And I'm, I'm going to paint it at some point. So, you know, I hope we get to bring it back in a little more of a finished uh, kind of episode. So we'll see. All right. Well, look, hey, Brian, thanks for your time. And everybody check it out, fullermoto.com. And uh, appreciate it. I hope to see you down, down at Brenton, man. And congratulations on Car Fix and everything you guys uh, are turning out of there, man. It's always great to see you, bro. Yeah, you too. Really enjoying the podcast. Keep up the good work. There you guys go, man. That's our boy, Brian Fuller. Check him out on Car Fix. Take care. Don't forget about our show, airing weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Episodes also now streaming on Motor Trend On Demand. Thanks to our guest, Brian Fuller. My man, Kevin Bird. I will be our producer is Scoop and executive producer, Bob Ecker. Yeah, and don't forget to check out our website, twoguysgarage.com. Tons of great automotive content. You get to see a little bit more of me and Willie, some of our projects on the show, and share your thoughts with us. We're on social everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. And Two Guys Garage Podcast is a copyright 2020 Britain Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. Oh, man, what a fun, fun little day today. We got to, uh, you know, add a little camaraderie to our little two guys here, man. We got the, the three guys in the house. Ah, oh, and some good memories. It'd be cool. I, I can't wait to see some of that guy's stuff in the building, you know? Because sometimes we go in our studio and there's, you know, there's, in the, you know, in the, behind the adjacent wall and you kind of round the corner and you go, ooh, look what they're doing. Oh, yeah. Oh, what are they working on? Hey, why aren't we working on something like that? What, right, that? right. You know? <laughs> why don't we give them the cutlass and we'll take the old rat rod? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. All right, well, look, thank you guys, and hope you enjoyed the Two Guys Garage podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. All right, see you guys. Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.